Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. We're glad that you're here today. Pray that you've had a, a good morning already in, in, uh, in Sunday school, small groups, and just understanding what God's will is for your life. We have a special blessing today in that we get to baptize uh, five uh, men today. I, I, told, I was thinking this morning that we should have called today Men's Day uh, because all our, our boys and men are, not all of them, but some of them are getting baptized today, which is a, a true blessing for sure. Because men, uh, we need to stand up. You know, we need to be held accountable and we need to live the life that God has called us to live. And, and primarily, uh, being godly men is a call on our hearts uh, to lead our families, to lead our home, to be an examples in our school, in our workplace, everything that we do. But we do come today to, to celebrate baptism. Um, baptism is a, is, a com is a commandment from God, from Jesus Himself. He exemplified it as He was baptized. And He told us in the Great Commission to, to go and make disciples, to cultivate disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's in times like this and, and days like today where I want to encourage you to reflect on your day, the day that you were baptized, the day that you walked through these waters, the day that you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, it, it, baptism, of course, doesn't save you, but it's a, it's a testimony to your devotion to Christ, to your loyalty to Christ, uh, it, it, it's an ordination that, an ordinance of, of letting the world know that we belong to Christ. It's participating with Christ in His death and burial and resurrection. It's to, it's to symbolize we have a new life in Christ. And this morning, I want to I wanna invite these, these young men to come down this morning and, and celebrate in our in our baptism service. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The, our old way of life, our old way of doing things is, is gone. And the new has come. And John writes, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And so today, these, these men come professing their faith in Christ symbolizing their death to sin and their new life in Christ. I want to ask Eli Jackson if he would come. A little chilly, isn't it? <laughs> no shiver. <laughs> Eli comes this morning. He came a, a, a while back uh, professing his, his faith in Christ. And just wanting today to let you know publicly that he is a believer, that he has given his life to Christ and wants to follow Christ the rest of his, the rest of his days. Is that the case for you? Yes. Do you profess today as your Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. And you want to live for him the rest of your life? Yes. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you. Amen. Also got his brother Cameron Jackson. All right. He too came a while back. 
joining a church, just asking uh, God to come into his heart. And he has grown uh, over the last several months to, to, in an effort to become more like Christ each and every day. And so Cameron, is it your, your wish to follow after Christ and all of his teachings? Do you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Yes. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you. Amen. Praise God. We have Henry Ledbetter. Henry's kind of short. I told him back, back there, I said, I said, it's not too deep. You won't need a snorkel today. So, <laughs> but Henry comes today, uh, again, professing his faith in Christ, a decision he made not too long ago. Uh, and he and his mom and dad prayed and accepted Christ. And, and Henry, is it your desire to follow after Christ the rest of your days? Do you profess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Yes. Amen. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I now baptize you. Next, we have Everett Ledbetter. It's kind of chilly, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit cool, but a good day, isn't it? It's good to be in the house of the Lord to, again to celebrate uh, the acceptance of Christ. And he comes today, uh, Everett comes today professing his faith in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Do you, do you agree and, and desire to follow after Christ the rest of the days of your life? Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you. Amen. Amen. Watch your, watch your sleeve right there. Next, I'm going to invite Harry Porter. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Many of you know Harry came several uh, months ago now. Came down front and accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. A decision that's been waiting a lifetime to be made. But he knows right now that whatever today holds, the eternity in heaven will hold him forever. Amen? This is the most important decision anybody could ever make. And we celebrate with, with Harry today in doing that. Harry, do you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I do. I do. And, and do you agree to follow after his teachings the rest of your life? I do. Amen. I do. Praise God. I'm going to ask Harry, if you would, to, uh, to kneel down. Uh -oh. 
and Harry, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, water cleanses and refreshes, and, and Jesus Christ is the living water. And, and you today can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You today can know for sure where you will spend eternity. And you can say goodbye to your sinful life. You can say hello to eternity in heaven if you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. That would be our desire today, that you would not leave here today without knowing for sure where you will spend eternity. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do thank You, Father, for the blessings of the day. Father, for these men who have given their life to You, who have committed their life to, to, to serving You and, and following Your direction in their life. What an example they are for all of us here today, God. And God, we, just as your word says, we celebrate today with the angels of heaven because they have given their life to you. And Father, we open up our hearts this morning in our time of worship, surrendering to you, God, any, any things, any thoughts of the outside world, God, may we be focused and centered upon you today. God, may you be glorified. May you be honored. God, may your will be done in each of our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I can't think of a better way to start a Sunday. Praise the Lord. I'm going to try to get through this without crying since two of my sons just were baptized, so... <laughs> I'm a very thankful mom today, and I, I'm looking at another thankful mom and parents' family right in front of me, and some visitors that are very thankful for the decisions that were made, and, and it's such a, it's like weddings. You know, when you go to a wedding, and you sit with your spouse, and you are reminded of your commitment to each other, I love weddings for probably that point the most, that I get to sit beside Chase and think about our wedding day and the vows that we committed. So that's your day today. If you have received the Spirit, today's the day that you remember, like he said, where you were. But also looking back, like where, where have you been with Christ and what does he have in store for you? Um, it's a reminder of our relationship and, and possibly maybe a renewal if we need, but just that reminder is very welcoming every day. Um, it is a wonderful day, and if you're visiting with us, we're so thankful that you're here. We hope that you signed in the, in the tablet up, that you're here with us so we can get in contact with you. There's visitor bags right out there if you'll grab one um, for first-time visitors. It's, it's a great place to be every Sunday at a church, and we're just really thankful that you chose New Hope to join in with us. Um, we have so much going on, and I love being the announcement person. So make sure you read your bulletin. I have one big announcement is the Great Pumpkin Chase that the youth are having 
Today is the last day to sign up to host sites, and I desperately need more people. So if you have family that you wouldn't mind getting together with and hanging out one Saturday night in October, um, and then doing some things with the youth as they come and go from your house, if you have no idea what I'm talking about but would like to do something, I have the clipboard and the sign-up sheet in this sanctuary, in this room. Please come see me after. I need at least five more sites by this morning. So if you're hesitant, we can get you with other groups. If you have a Sunday school class, you can do it together. Um, I've done this for years with another church, and it is a lot of fun. So if you have any questions, if you're, if you're visiting today and you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to do it, that's awesome. Whoever would like to sign up and help me with that, that would be appreciated greatly. Um, don't forget, LiveWires, our seniors, this week you're meeting at Creekside at 11. What a great time that will be. Um, and just families, youth and kids, make sure you always look online and sign up for all the things we have going on. We had a, a camp out last weekend um, at our house with, I think, 11 spent the night and we had 14 kids all together. So it was a lot of fun um, camping out with all the girls and guys, the kids. And this weekend, um, pray for our youth. They'll be, some of them will be in this church camping out, sleeping at the church. But um, the difference is, is they'll be doing an intensive four-hour um, scripture study through David Platt and Secret Church. So it's definitely a lock-in with a purpose. So as you're home Friday night, remember that our youth will be up throughout the whole night um, in prayer and in scripture study. So what a blessing it is to get to be with young people that want to do that, with people that are excited to spend all night studying scripture and, and um, listening to teaching. So I'm super thankful for them. I think that's all. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We are reminded this morning of your saving grace, of the baptism, of, of when John the Baptist baptized Jesus and, and, and said, I'm not even worthy to, to tie your sandal, but you showed us through example how important that was. You showed us, Jesus, through example, how to live here in the midst of sin and evil and all the selfishness around us. You showed us clearly what to do to please you, God. We thank you that we can come to you in prayer and we can come to you through salvation, through receiving of the Holy Spirit and that power that can live within us if we choose, Lord. We thank you that you gave us that opportunity, that through, through all of the years and generations of the Israelites and everything that they went through and that you taught them and forgave them of, that you still forgive us. We praise your name, God. I thank you for every person in this room that they're here. They are meant to be here this morning for this time, and I, and I pray that they are awakened spiritually, that as they leave this place, that they are so on fire to serve you, to be the light around them in their jobs or in their families, in their car home, wherever it is, Lord, that you lead them to that place, what they're supposed to do. We know you work in every moment of our lives. When we think about Ruth and Boaz, we think about examples like that in scripture where your name's not even mentioned that you did it because it was already known that you work in every moment of our lives. You orchestrate it for your good because you are God, our loving Savior, Oh, how we love you, Lord. And it is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.
What a blessing it is today. Amen. 
to, to, to share in, in the experience of, of seeing people being baptized and coming into the, into the Christian faith. And, and, and our title for the message today is, is Through the Water. I thought it wound up being quite appropriate that we had to come through the rainwater, didn't we, uh, to get in here this morning. But, but seeing these new believers walk through the water of baptism is always, always a great day. It reminds me of a story of a, a young preacher. He'd just gotten out of seminary and, uh, you know, they teach you all kind of stuff and your brain's just overloaded with things. And he was conducting his first baptismal service and, and uh, he, he got the candidate down and, and he was, got confused, though, about the baptism and the Lord's Supper. And so he got the first candidate down and and walked him through the water, and he said, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as he was lowering him down, he said, and now drink from you all of it. <laughs> and brought him back up. Thankfully, we didn't do that this morning. But we, we, we have the, the joy of celebrating the ordinance of baptism. And, and the word ordinance means to be ordained. It's a word ordained by God by Jesus. It refers to the events that, that Jesus specifically put in place that made part of our worship service to recognize uh, those two ordinances, the ordinance of baptism and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. Um, in short, baptism demonstrates to the world physically what took place in our bodies, in our hearts, in our souls in accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're letting the world know that, that, hey, something has happened. I have accepted Christ and my life is now different. I now have a different outlook. I now have a different take on the world. I now have a heavenly home, amen, guaranteed to me because I am in Christ. Praise God for that. As I said earlier, the act of baptism is is symbolic of us participating in G with Jesus in his, uh, in his death, burial, and resurrection. When a person goes into the water, again, it, it's symbolizing going into the grave and, and being buried with Christ. And when they come out of the water, the image of being raised with Christ into a new life. And, and so what you saw this morning demonstrated that. Let me ask you this morning, and you don't have to give me a show of hands, but, but have you honestly gone through the waters of baptism? Was it a real experience for you? Was it a real event for you, or did you just walk through the water? Did you go through the motions? You see, a lot of times in our Christian life, we get caught up just going through the motions of being a believer. We, go, we get caught up in going through the motions of being a Christian. We get caught up in going through the emotions of going to church because it's what we've always done. It's what we're supposed to do. It's what mom and daddy told us to do. It's what grandma made us do, right? But that baptism is symbolizing the death of our old life. The old ways of doing things. It's saying goodbye to to, to live in the sinful life. That, that can take on a lot of different ways. It may mean not going to places you used to go. It may be hanging out with friends you don't hang around with anymore. Maybe it means finding new places to go, new friends, new people that are going to be a, a positive and an 
and encouraging influence in your life. But the old has gone. The old way of doing life, the old sinful way has gone and the new life has come in Christ. And now we're trusting in the, in the teachings of Christ to lead us through life, not the teachings of the world, not the teaching of our friends or others, but the teachings of Christ. And people will sometimes say, well, Pastor, why is it important to be baptized? Why do I, why do I need to be baptized? Well, well, first of all, Jesus commanded it. Jesus commanded His believers to be baptized. He ordained it. He commanded it. And not only that, in doing so, we're following His example. As a believer, we want to follow Jesus' example, don't we? We want to be like Jesus. We want to do what Jesus does. We want to act and live a life as close to Christ as we can. And so being baptized, we're, we're following in His example. Also, baptism is, is usually done uh, shortly after a person accepts Christ. And so it's one of the first ways that we can, that we can walk in obedience with Christ. That's one of the first things He calls us to do when we're saved, when we accept Him, is to be baptized. As believers, on the other hand, once we have been uh, accepted Christ, once we have walked through the waters of baptism, Jesus commands us to go. To go and live a life following His teachings. To go and, and be a witness to the world for what He's done in your life. Not to be ashamed, but to go and tell everybody what's happened. These folks this morning today need to be telling everybody, hey, you know, tomorrow at work, tomorrow at school, tomorrow wherever you go, hey, guess what I did yesterday? <laughs> I was baptized, amen? That's believers in Christ. Tomorrow, you ought to go to school, to church, or, or to work, wherever you might be. Say, so, hey, guess what we did at church yesterday? What a great way to enter into a conversation, a gospel conversation with other people. But Jesus commanded us in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go. When you leave out of here, He says, go. And that word go has a, has a meaning of as you go, as you're going through life. He says, make disciples. As you go throughout life, be a witness. As you carry out your way, carry out your life in school, at work, at home, wherever it might be, be an example, be a witness, and make disciples. Cultivate disciples, you might say. Of all nations, of everybody, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, when you're baptized, you're showing the world or, or testifying to the world of, of something extremely important that's happened in your life. And I think a lot of times as life goes on, we forget how important that decision was for us. And we become jaded to the fact that we are believers and, and oftentimes just go through the motions. But, but accepting Christ is not a, it's not a private or a personal thing. Accepting Christ is not something we, we are to keep to ourselves. Accepting Christ is, is not something we should be ashamed of, but it should be something that we celebrate. You might be saying, but 
Russ, it's just, you know, just between me and God. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says that when a, when, when a sinner repents and comes to Christ, what happens? All of heaven breaks loose in joyous celebration. Folks, it ain't a, it ain't a private thing in heaven when somebody repents and comes to Christ. I'm going to tell you what, a party goes on up there. They're celebrating in joy and happiness and celebrating to know that, that another one will be counted into God's kingdom on that day when they cross from this life to the next. And praise God for that. And so we are to join in the angels in celebrating new life in Christ. Praise the Lord. But listen to what, listen to what Jesus' response is to those who are ashamed of Christ. Those who are ashamed of Christ. Those who hide their faith in public. Those who cower behind the world. Who sheepishly go out in their faith. In Mark chapter 8, verse 38, He says, If anyone is ashamed of Me and My words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when they come into His Father's glory with the holy angels. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, it says, if we endure, if we are faithful to the end, if we continue in our faith to the end, if we continue until this life is over, it says, we shall also reign with Him. But listen to what it says. If we deny Him, He also denies us. That's a scary thought to me. Folks, Christ has given us His life. He gave His life, His blood, His body, so that we could have eternal life. He made a way for, for salvation. He provided a path for us to heaven. And so being baptized is a public profession of faith and, and you're letting the world know that, that hey, something's different. Something's changed and I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. I'm not ashamed of what Jesus has done in my life. I want you to know that. Because you see, when, when we're excited about our relationship with Jesus, we're going to let other people know about it. Let me ask you the question, have, have we told anybody lately about our story, about what Jesus has done in our life. You see, we can't, we can't follow Jesus wherever He leads, wherever He wants us to go, if we don't want to be associated with Him. If we want to be separated and apart from Him. You see, Christians should have a desire to be in His house and to, and to worship with Him and with other believers. If you're not ashamed of Him, you will allow Him to lead you wherever He wants. Wherever that might be. We can't become the, the people God created us to be if we're separated from Him. If we're apart from Him. Baptism, again, is not a way of salvation. It doesn't save a person. It's, it's not necessary for for salvation, but it is necessary to be 
obedient to Christ because He commanded it for those who accept Him. You might say it's kind of like a, a wedding ring. You know, it's, it's possible to be, to be married and not have a wedding ring. It's also possible to wear a wedding ring and not be married. Likewise, it's possible for a person to be saved and not be baptized. But listen carefully. It's also possible for a person to be baptized and not be saved. It is our faith in Christ that, that saves us. It's our baptism and, and our lifestyle following that that lets other people know that, that a true and a real work is taking place in our hearts. Today, if you've already walked through the waters of baptism, make sure that you're living out what you proclaimed on that day of your baptism. And that is that you're totally committed to Christ. You know, there's been a lot of statistics thrown around through the years about the, the authentic salvation of the church members. Look around this morning as I share these numbers with you. Some like Dr. Rod Bell, Bill Bright, George Barna. They say that 50% of the church is lost. Vance Habner suggested it's more like 65%. In the 1940s, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. estimated that 75% of the church was lost. W.A. Criswell said he would be surprised to see even 25% of his church members in heaven. R.A. Torrey and D.L. Moody there's probably only 10% of the church is saved. Billy Graham and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association suggest that 75% or, or 85% of the church would go to hell. A.W. Tozer raised it to 90% of the church being lost. Matthew records Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of My Father who is in heaven. Many will say to Me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And, did we, and in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. How many people in churches today are lost in their sin? How many here today are lost? 
How many aren't living life God really wants you to live? How many teenagers are lost? How many from the working class? How many senior adults believe they are on their way to heaven, but in reality they're on their way to hell? It's believed that many people in the average church are indeed on their way to hell. Let me ask you this morning, could that be you? Is it you? That's more than my opinion or the opinion of others. That's the words of Jesus. He said many would argue about their works. Many would approach the throne and give reason. But He cast them from His presence. They knew Him, but He did not know them. What is your personal relationship with Christ like this morning? You see, this is a warning to everybody. So let me ask you again, could this be you? And, and, and when was the last time we examined ourselves to see if we truly are in the faith? During our hymn of invitation, the potter's hand, I pray that, that you would take time to do just that, to examine your heart and pray about your authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to sing the song, The Potter's Hand. And the song is about being a ball of clay in God's hands and letting Him shape you into who He wants you to be. The idea that He's going to create you to be the person He wants you to be. But have you surrendered your life to Him? That decision can only be made by you. Our God is a wonderful, awesome God who sent His Son to die on the cross to shed His blood so that our sins could be forgiven. And God raised Him from the grave to prove that He was God's Son, to prove that He could offer eternal life. And my friend, that eternal life is a free gift if you receive it. And that decision can only be made by you. What will your decision be today? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we know statistically that there are people here today that walk through the waters of baptism and it didn't symbolize anything for them. It was just a day. There are others here today that have been truly surrendered to Your Lordship who walk through the waters to demonstrate to the world that they are a different person, a new creation in Christ. 
There are others here today that have never been through the waters. That have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. Father, today I pray in the next few moments that everyone here, within the sound of my voice, in this place, on the internet, Lord, would evaluate your hearts, would examine your heart and your life, Lord, to know for sure that they're in Christ. So Lord, we lift up every heart, every soul to you today. And ask, Father, that you would speak to each one and that each one would hear and respond to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.